There's a Mazda to Ali, Naomi, the birth of a uh, grandson. To Aaron and Ahuvan are to serve, maybe Zaycha only to have Simchas and to, uh, to see much Nachas from them and all of the all the Enikach. <laughs> the uh, whenever someone or something uh, self describes itself, of course, that is somewhat suspicious because that often reflects uh, their perception or aspiration, but not necessarily what occurs uh, in reality. You know, just like the Rambam describes his sefer as the Mishnah Torah. Because he hoped it would become, you know, the uh, the only other safer one would require, other than the Tanakh, and of course that is not what uh, occurred uh, in reality. Um, so one is always uh, has to be somewhat suspicious or put in context whenever someone self describes himself, or certainly they're safer. And we go as Esther uh, unusually self describes itself in the uh, in the ninth paragraph. We go as Esther as the Yamtif of Purim is developing. And then Megillus Esther is being uh, written down. So initially, the Pasuk describes Megillus Esther as Svarim. He sent the entire matter in uh, books to the rest of the Jews. But then, uh, a few Pesukim later, in Perak Tess of Megillus Esther, so the Megillus describes itself as an Igeres. It's described as an Igeris, and then uh, the next three psukim later, as, a, as an Igeris uh, again, as a Igeris, HaPurim HaZois HaShenis. However, then the Megillus Esther uh, proceeds to describe itself back again as a Svarim. Svarim Yehudim, Basefer. So it seems to be vacillating back and forth between Sefer and Igeris. It begins as a Sefer, then it becomes an Igeris, then it goes back to being uh, a Sefer. And this all comes to a head. Over here in the Gemara Mesechlis Megillah, and that you would test But the Gemara tells us on the third line, I'm Rabbi Chelbo, I'm Rabbi Chama, Barguri, I'm Rabbi Megillah, Nikris Sefer, and Nikris Igeris. It's considered to be a Sefer, and it's also considered to be an Igeris. With regards to what halacha, so the Gemara says, uh, with regards to uh, the way that it is tied, uh, the Arias, the different uh, pages of the Megillah Sester, are tied together w- with one another. So it's similar to a Sefer, like a Sefer Torah, in that you cannot use Kutei Pishton to tie them together. You can't use um, uh, 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 stuff that grows from the ground, flax, in order to tie the Arias together. One has to use Gidin, the sinews of an animal, just like a Sefer Torah has to be tied together with Gidin. However, there's somewhat of a difference in that it is only Mishuloshin. A Sefer Torah, the seam, you know, the, 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 the seam is tied with stitches all the way from the top to the bottom. However, in a Megillah Sester, it's only Mishuloshin. It's uh, in thirds. But it's a big machlekes we shine in what does Mishuloshin mean? Does it mean one at the top, one at the bottom, one in the middle? Does it mean it is spread out evenly distributed amongst, you know, it's divided into fifths and then there's three stitches evenly distributed? Or perhaps it means even something more. There's three at the top, three at the bottom, three in the middle. So it's a ganza machlekes in Shulchan Aruch. There's many more stitches than are actually required. But it is, some, whatever it is, it's different then would be the halakha by a Sefer Torah. And the Gemara explains that that's because it's considered to be an Igeris. It's like a letter. And it's not necessarily, it doesn't really have all the requirements of a Sefer Torah, but at the same time, it's also a Sefer. So it requires, you know, Gidim, but it doesn't require as many stitches uh, as a Sefer Torah. And it seems to have both of these uh, competing elements uh, or definitions, identities, in the Gosester, is it a Sefer or is it an Igeris? And it comes up with regards to many halakhas, and what we're trying to do is make sense of it and figure out perhaps what is the message of these two competing uh, themes in the Gosester. Why is it a safer? Why is it an Igeris? And how do the two coexist? So the, actually, the Gemara says, I'm here in Mesechus, Mikil, Yetesh, Medalef, huh? What are the other Megillus considered? Uh, 
other Megillahs are just Sifrei Kaddish, but they're not. They're, there's no obligation to read it necessarily. But obligation is a Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they, they don't really have formal halachas because no mitzvah to read them necessarily. I understand, but the Megillahs that's a Rabbanon, so what do you even have from Sukkot? Because Esther, to read it, is only there about it. They different Kabbalah, yeah, yeah. So the Gemara said over here in Sechlis Megillah, the big machlaik is actually a Mishnah, you test them both in Ois Aleph. The big machlaik is how much of the Megillah Esther do you have to read? Is it only from when Esther is introduced, by he achar advim Or is it from when Mordechai is introduced, you know, the, the hero of the story, Perhaps one has to read the entire story, even when, you know, before Esther or Mordechai are introduced. And we paskin, you have to read the entire uh, Mikra Megillah from the beginning uh, to the end, not only, you know, when you get to the highlights, when Esther is introduced, when Mordechai is introduced, the entire thing. How much of it do you have to read the entire thing? What if one is missing even one word? So the Ron's opinion is, even if you're missing one word, you're not, you have not fulfilled the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah. Because the Gemara says in Mishnah's Megillah, over here, Yuchesim Aleph, that uh, if one reads the Mikra Megillah in Lashen HaKadosh, even if he doesn't understand the words, if you read it in vernacular, you have to speak that vernacular. But if you read it in Lashen HaKadosh, you might say, even if you don't speak Lashen HaKadosh, you have no idea what you read, you still yoyed say, because the Gemara says, all right, from us, we don't even understand ourselves what Ha'achash Toranim, but Ramachimar, it's a dispute even in the time of the Gemara, did they know what it was? But either way, the Gemara says most people do not know what Ha'achas Turanim B'nei Ramachimar. Um, and nonetheless, we're Yaitse the Mikra Megillah. And we don't know what that is, and we're still Yaitse. So the Gemara says, you see, you could still be Yaitse even though you don't understand necessarily all the words of the Mikra Megillah. But the Ran says, you see, from here, you have to read it, even though you don't understand. I mean, even though it doesn't detract from the plot and the storyline of the Mikra Megillah, you have to lay in every word, and you have to lay in Ha'achas Turanim B'nei Ramachim. The Bira Aloha. Interestingly, in some Tafari Sadi over here, Ois Gimel quotes from the opinion of the Riaz, who disagreed with this Ran. The Ran holds, if you miss, we have to read the whole thing, that's how we paskin, and you have to read every word. That was the opinion of the Ran. The Riaz, he quotes it over here on the third line, as long as it doesn't change the plot. You really got the main point of the story, you still fulfill the Mikra Megillah. And the, the, the Riaz has a compelling argument, at least based on the Gemara Mesethus Megillah over there, Yuchas because the Gemara says, how are we Yais if we don't understand the words? The Gemara says, because it's Mishum Persume Nisa. You don't necessarily have to understand every word. The whole point is to publicize the story with the plot and everything that took place. So Riaz says, even if you miss one word, you can still perhaps be Yais to the Mikra Megillah because you understand you were Mepharsim Nenes. Okay, and the Biyalacha goes back and forth about this. How should we paskin? If you miss one word, you're supposed to go back and read it again, but perhaps without a bracha, to be chayshish for the opinion of the Riyaz. What if you're not sure you missed a word? It's a big thing. What if you're not sure you missed a word? So if it's at night, when the Mikra Megillah is only in the uh, Mitzvah Midrabon, and the main Mikra Megillah is during the day, that's when it's considered to be a Divrei Kabbalah, it's a Suffolk Deiraisa maybe, so then you would have to go back and lay in again. If at night you're not sure, a lot of times after the Mikra we're not here, Baruch Hashem, but sometimes you have, we're not sure, did we hear that word, didn't we hear that word? If it's at night, we could say Suffolk Deiraisa Lakula. If it's during the, the morning, perhaps one would be a little bit more machmir. This is just important, though. What if a person, uh, you know, heard everything, but he was, his mind wandered, which happens all the time, right? People are uh, not thinking about what's, uh, what's going on. It's a long Mikra Megillah, and then his mind wanders in the middle. So it says over here in the Mikra in the Gemara Mishaklis Megillah, Yedzayin Medalev, that umisnam name Yotzef, you read the Mikra Megillah while you were dozing off, your Yotzef. However, the Mordechai says an important distinction. That's if you read it while you were dozing off. What if I listened as I was dozing off? Then you're not Yoytzeh. It's only if you yeah, read it as you were dozing off. Huh? No, so there's no yeah, osmosis. No, no, you got to pay attention. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> it's huh? better to read like with a 
I didn't say that. No, I would not suggest that. If you're laning, it's good. Even though your mind wanders, you're for sure yaitzi. If you're listening, I don't, wouldn't read along. You're not going to be as careful as the Balkari is. Yeah, if you are just as good as the Balkari, you should probably be the Balkari yourself. Yeah, yeah. Find another meaning to be a Balkari. But if you're, the Balkari is usually better, he's prepared. So um, hopefully, right? So then, uh, so then uh, he'll be better off. I wouldn't lean along. But you have to pay attention. If you're not paying attention, you're not yoytze. What if your mind wanders? So the Magen Avram says over here, Oyse im shama kivim teva yotza. If you had, uh, if you, you you heard, but you didn't have kavana, I mean, I didn't have kavana for the parish amilis, but I was listening. Your yoytze. So if Ushay Shrad says over there in that uh, comment of the Magen Avram, but if you're thinking about other things, your mind wanders. Now forget about the meaning of the words. I, I forget about that. But at least I'm listening, you know, following along. Okay, then you're yoytze. But if you're not thinking about something, I start thinking about my uh, portfolio. I think it says something else. What am I going to do? Mishlach Manas, all the other things I have in my mind. So if that, uh, you know, enters in, I'm not even paying attention at all, then you're not yoytze. So that's why the Paiskin recommended that Munkatra has it in his Likute, Likutim uh, on Shulchan Aruch, and the same is found in the Chuvis of the Eretz Tzvi, the Kajuglava. That's why if a person follows along in the Mikra Megillah, so then, uh, for sure, he'll be yaitse even if his mind wanders. So that's why, even though you don't need a Megillah along with you while you're listening, you should have it printed. It doesn't have to be written on cloth. A person should always be following along in the Mikra Megillah. That way, even if his mind wanders, uh, the whole day is he'll be yaitse in the Mikra Megillah. Huh? A deaf person has to read his own? Deaf person? No, I have a Mikra Megillah. No? No, I can't hear the Mikra Megillah. If he read it on his own, a whole shala. Yeah, but he's not chayv. Chayv is not chayv mitzvah. Yeah. Anyway, so you have to, uh, you have to, uh, you have to read the entire Megillah, and a person has to hear, uh, has to hear uh, every word. How much has to be written in the Mikra Megillah? Of course, the entire thing has to be written, and I have to hear it. However, look over here. The Gemara says in Masechtas Megillah, Yechesim Ebeis. Let's say the cipher uh, left out a few words from the Megillah. Let's say he left out a few words from the Megillah. So Tan Rabbanu Hishmit Bas Cipher Oisios. Let's say it's missing a few words, and the person, you have to, of course, hear the whole thing. So someone read it, Baalpet, he uh, waned it, you know, from memory, even though it's not written over here in the text. So the Gemara says, you're Yodse. So the Ran asks, but look back, the Ois Dawid, the Mishnah said in Mesechus Megillah, Kara if you lane it, Baalpet, you lane it by heart, Lo Yodse. You have not fulfilled your obligation of Mikra Megillah. So you have to hear the whole thing. You have to hear every word. What if it's not written there in the Balkhori against the Balpeh? So the Mishnah says you're not Yodse. But yet the Gemara says later on, if it's missing a few letters, a few words, and he reads the Balpeh, you are Yodse. So the Ron asks, what's going on over here? Uh, you have to hear every word that's without dispute. But uh, the Riyaz held, if you miss one word, it doesn't affect the plot, you're Yodse. We'll get back to that in a second. But it sounds like you have to hear every word, at least according to the Ran. And it sounds like the Mishnah says, if you lay in it, you're not Yodse. It has to all be written there, and you have to be reading me. How can the Gemara then say, if it's missing a few words here or there, you're still Yodse? So that's the Kasha of the Ran asked in the brackets of Oizvav. And the Ran has a fundamental answer where he says, it has to be, the entire Megillah has to be there. Uh, you know, of course, it should all be written. And you should read the entire thing. But as long as you have the first part of the Megillah and the end of the Megillah, and you're not missing Roiv in the middle, you have the majority is there. Even if it's missing a few psukim here or there in the middle, the Balkari can lay in the of course, you should read it. shouldn't be, um, it shouldn't be It shouldn't be by heart. And of course, you have to hear every word. So, uh, but but uh, if it was missing a few words here or there in the middle, 
you could still be Yosef Mikra Megillah as long as he lanes it, as long as he lanes it uh, Baal Peh. Since the Chachil, by the way, you have to hear everything, so that's why even those, uh, the Pukim that we say out loud together, uh, and people are saying it, even though they don't have a you know, proper Megillah in front of them, so they should always, uh, we always go back and the Balkari lanes it again in order so we should be able to hear it all Mitoy Chaksav. But the Ran says that B'dyevet, if all you have is the beginning of the Megillah, the end of the Megillah, and most of it in the middle, even though you're missing part of it in the middle, you could be Yaitse, we're hearing the Balkori Reinit Balpeh. So the Ran asks, how is this possible? How could it be that you could be Yaitse, even though you're missing uh, stuff in the middle? So he says, no, it's not a problem. He says, because the, Mik- the Megillah is considered to be an Igeris. It's a letter. A Sefer Torah has to be sol- you know, has to be full. You can't be missing a word here or there in a Sefer Torah. There's no room for negotiation. When it comes to the Megillah, okay. So you can lay in a, bit of, a little bit of Balpeh. You're missing a few words here or there. A letters are not exact. There's often typos, right, uh, in, in letters. So it's missing a few words here or there. Okay, Nishkefelach, you're missing a few words. It's an Igeris after all. So therefore, it says the round. That's why it can be missing a few words. It could be kosher. We could explain that. That's why the Riaz felt as well. If you miss one of the words, I don't even hear it. You're, you're, it's, as long as it doesn't affect the plot, again, because aim, we're not as careful the way that we not, we're not as careful the way that we write it. We're not as careful in the way that we read it. It could be missing a few words here or there. It's a letter, and even if you don't hear it, the riyaz held. We don't we, we don't pass in the way, but the riyaz felt. Even if you miss one word here and there, you're, you're, say, you you skimmed. As long as you skimmed and you got the basic idea, you would say because uh, Megillah is Nicholas Igeris. Of course, it's considered to be a safer, but it's also an Igeris. And this is found in the Rambam. This is perhaps the distinction the Rambam over here is making. The Rambam over here or Zion. Quotes from the Talmud, you show me. That a person's reading the Megillah and he makes a mistake. He reads it wrong. We don't have to correct him. Yotza, he's Yotze. People not know you like this, but we're not so careful when it comes to the way that we read the Mikra Megillah. The Riyaz took this so far and he said you can even miss one of the words. Okay, but uh, we're not as careful in the way that we read it because it's a, well, why not? When it comes to Kriya Satoru, that's not the opinion of the Rambam. The Rambam says, According to the Rambam, even if you make a mistake in the trap, we should correct the Balkare, let alone if he pronounces a, raw, a word incorrectly. The Minig Ashkenaz is not the Paskin like this Rambam, the Shokhanar Paskin, that way the Rambam disagrees, only if it affects the meaning of the word, we're supposed to correct the Balkare. But the opinion of the Rambam was that even if you make a mistake in the trap, of course, if you make a mistake in the way a word is pronounced, you have to go back. Until you go back and lay it exactly perfectly. And there's certain, certain shuls that it will go back and correct about Kari, even for the trop, and that's based on the Rambam. However, the Rambam himself, when it comes to Mikra Megillah, says, Ain't b'kriyosa. Well, but not so careful. However, you lay it, it's fine. You make a mistake in a word. The Riyah is held if you left out a word. We're all fine. It's all fine. It's all good because the Megillah is Nicholas Higaris. Megillah is considered to be a letter, not necessarily a safer. Okay. However, look over here, the Gemara says in Masechus Megillah that it has to be written, that Megillah has to be written with Dio, uh, it has to be written on cloth, you can't write it on paper, it has to be written on the same cloth as a Sefer Torah, and it has to be written with the same ink as a Sefer Torah. How do you know? So the Gemara derives it from Xerah Shava, because the Pasuk says about Tichtoiv, Esther Amalka, Esther Amalka wrote the Mikra Megillah, uh, wrote the Megillah, and we have a Pasuk in Sefer Yemiyahu, that whenever the Pasuk says Kisav, you write something, Ani Kasav al Hasefer Bidyoi. I wrote it on the Sefer with dioy, with ink. So whenever it says ksav, uh, you need, uh, you have, it has to be on cloth and it has to be uh, with the same dioy as the Sefer Torah. So Ritva asks, one minute, why do I need a gzera shove over here? Why do I need a gzera shove to tell me uh, uh, Megillus has to be written with proper cloth, with proper dioy, not on, you know, uh, eight, eight, eight and a half by eleven piece of paper with, with a ballpoint pen? Why do I need a gzera shove? The Megillus Esther is called a Sefer. 
The Megillah itself described itself as a safer. So why do I need this? The Ritva asks, why do I need this? Xavier like, Shavit's described as a safer. So Ritva says, because there are certain halachas from Megillah's Esther as compared to an Igeris as a letter, and there are certain halachas where it's compared to a safer Torah. And I don't know which ones are compared to a safer Torah, which ones are compared to an Igeris. So we needed Xavier Shav over here to teach us with regards to Klaf and Dioy, it has to follow the rules of a safer Torah. Even though with regards to other halachas, it follows the rule of an Igeris. But what is the, you know, what is the, uh, what is the guiding principle over here to know when it should follow the rules of a Sefer Torah, when it should follow an Igeris. So the Ritva quotes from the Ramban, who had his thesis on the matter, that when it relates to how it is written, it has to follow the rules of a Sefer Torah. So it needs Klaf, and needs Dioy. However, when we're discussing how it is to be read, then it is read as a letter. It's read as an Igeris. We're not as careful the way that you read it. You make a mistake in how you pronounce it. You lay it a little bit about The way that it's read is like an Igeris. The way that it is written is like a Sefer Torah. And he brings a few uh, riots to this. One is from the Mishnah in Mesechus Megill and Chafal from Adalf, where the Mishnah says, as opposed to Kriya Satara, when you read a Sefer Torah, it has to be standing. When you lay in the Mikra Megillah, you could be sitting. We don't sit by Mikra Megillah, Mishum Kvayat but you could be sitting. You could be sitting when you lay in the Mikra Megillah. Why? Because it's in Igeris, a letter, a newspaper. You sit, you read, you put your feet up when you read the Mikra So Mikra Megillah is in Igeris. Or as we know, the Minig of Rav Haigun and the way we pass in Shulchan Aruch is you take the Megillah Esther and you unfold the entire thing. Uh, Uriah, Gabi Uriah, we don't have, uh, we don't uh, lay in it like, uh, like, a, like a scroll. Why? A Sefer Torah, we don't do that. Sefer Torah is a book. This is an Igeris, it's a newspaper. So I'm unfolding the newspaper like a letter. Uh, so I would uh, unfold it like I would a letter. You're supposed to roll it up before you make the bracha at the end. You're not supposed to leave like that. It's a bizarre into the Mikra Megillah. So even though we're in a rush afterwards, people want to break their fast, you have to wait to roll it up and then you, you make the bracha like that. But either way, we unfold the entire thing. That was the Minigar of Haigun because it's, like it's like an Igeris. When it comes to the way that it's written, Klaf, Dioy. Oh, so then, uh, you know, you need, uh, you need Gidim, you need the real, uh, you need uh, the, the, the sinews of the animal. You can't use Kutay Pishtan. Oh, so then it has that luck of the way of, of a safer Torah. The problem with that, with his suggestion, the suggestion of the Ramban is he already notes that we're not consistent on this already. Because we already said, yeah, the Gide, you need to tie it with Kute Gidim, you can't use Kute Pishtan, but you don't need the same number of stitches that you do in a Sefer Torah. Or we already had, if a Mikra Megil is missing a few words, it's kasher. Sefer Torah, it's not only the way that you read it. You can read it a little bit by We're not as careful as the way that you read it. You can read it standing, you can read it sitting. We unfold the whole thing like a letter. Yeah, but even if you're missing a few words, it could still be say. So he already asks. He's ah, it's missing a few words, and you ain't about pay. You ready to be I'd say ah, but what about the stitches? We don't need all of the same uh, stitching. So is it really the same as a sefer Torah? And this seems to be even a greater uh, issue if you look further on within the Rishonim. Even the way that it's written, it doesn't seem to be the, you know coincide exactly with a sefer Torah. Because the Ran, the Ritva, I'm sorry, over there in Oistes said that it has the exact halachas of a sefer Torah. One of the halachas that it has in common with the sefer Torah is not only needs klaf, it needs joy, it needs ibul l'shma, which means that the klaf to be made with shame kedusha sefer Torah. However, the Rambam, you know, agrees. Of course, you need cloth. Of course, you need dioy. But the Rambam says you don't need to make the cloth that you're going to write on l'shem kedushas megillah. Look over here. Oizyud. The Rambam says ve'ein haor shalat tzarich ibu abdo l'shma. You don't need to make a lishma, even though a Sefer Torah you do. <coughs> so that has to do not with the way that it's read, that has to do with the way 
that it's written. And nonetheless, it's not the same as the Sefer Torah. So that goes, Mami is quotes Rabbeinu Simcha who said like the Ritva. No, the way that it's written has to be exactly like the Sefer Torah. You need Ibel Lishma. But either Rambam already wasn't, wasn't so convinced of, uh, wasn't so convinced of, uh, of that part. Also, over here, another, you see, even the way that it's written, it's not entirely, uh, you know, um, uh, universally accepted. It, has, it should have the same status as Sefer Torah. Shulchan Aruch says in Simon Tafresh Sadi Alf Subbeis that um, you have to have a, uh, uh, an Atzei Chaim from Megillus Esther. And when you write it, it has to have Tagim. It has to have the crowns on top of the letters that we have in the Sefer Torah. He actually quotes two opinions over here about the Tagim. Some yes, uh, so I say the Tagim, some no Tagim. It's a machlekes, do you need the tagim? And it's mach, uh, he says, the Shulchan Aruch says, you need atzechayim. The Ramah says, no, go taiga. We have the minig to do tagim, but we don't have the minig to have atzechayim. The Mr. Brewer calls the Vilna Goyen, had the minig to have atzechayim. So you see, sometimes the people have the, the atzechayim. We have, of course, the minig to write tagim. But it should have been pashit, according to Ritva, if it always has the status of a safer Torah in the terms of the way that it's written, it should have been pashit that it should have the status of tagin, and it should also require an atzechayim. But you see that this, even these issues and the way that it's written seem to be uh, somewhat of a dispute within the Rishonim. Look over here, Beis Yosef, interesting issue also, the Ritva, uh, the Beis Yosef quotes Ritva, inter- uh, a Rashba, even though it's interesting, it doesn't appear in the Shulchan Aruch, the Rashba felt you could have a Megillus Esther with Nekudos. It was also okay. Even though Sefer Torah, of course, we don't write with Nekudas because there are advanced ass in the Shuvah. Why don't we write Sefer Torah with Nekudas to make it so much easier? See, so he says, we don't write with Nekudas because there are many ways each word in the Torah could be pronounced. We have one tradition of the way that it's pronounced, but it's open to other pronunciations. And therefore, that opens the door to other explanations of the Torah, Shivan Panama Torah, and we need to be able to interpret the Torah in many different ways in order to teach us all the halachas. If you're going to write one way, one pronunciation of the Torah, we're really limiting the, you know, the, 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 the meaning of the Torah because we're locked into one pronunciation. What about the Megillus that have these illustrations? Oh, so that's what also he discusses. There's some Megillus, he said, what about the brachis? Or people put piyutim, or for the sake of that matter, illustrations into the Megillah. So Ashbel doesn't have a problem with it. He says, why, why not? The Mordecai disagrees. What? Why are you putting brachis in the Sefer Torah, in the Megillah? How can you put brachis in a Megillah? It's a Sefer Torah. You can't put a kudus in, just like you can't put a kudus in a Sefer Torah. We don't do that. It limits the number of explanations, ways you can interpret it. So, so too, we shouldn't do that in Megillah Sester. He compares it to a Sefer Torah. I would presume the Rajma would argue that Megillah Sester is an Igeris. It's a letter. A letter has illustrations. It has sometimes the first letter is bigger than everything else. We're not as careful in the way that you write in Igeris. You could even have the brachas. You have, I've seen Megillahs with the brachas in the beginning. Certainly many with illustrations. So there was a, was a, was, was a, was a common thing and the Rashbah doesn't have a problem with it because it's considered to be an Igeris. Again, we have this kind of a, this tug of war. Is it an Igeris? Is it a Sefer, a Torah? And it's not only limited to the way that it's read. It's most pronounced in the way that it's read, as the Ritva pointed out, but it's not limited to there. We even find the way that it's written. Look over here also, and one last issue with regards to this, the Shari Tshuva says, what about touching a Megillah Sester with your bare hand? The Gemara says, Mesech Shabbos, you're not supposed to touch a Sefer Sir with your bare hand. It's a design to the Sefer Torah. Unless you're fixing the Sefer Torah. Let's say you're writing it. Of course, you can touch it with your bare hand, or someone does Hagba, and the whole Sefer Torah is going to rip. It's best to take it with a, you know, with a, with a, with a, with a, with a, with a, with a but if not, you could already you could uh, grab it with your hand to save the Sefer Torah. But what, we, what about when it comes to Megillah Esther? So the Shari, so Tosis actually writes in that Gemara, Mesach the Shabbos, Kisvei Hakodesh or Kisvei Hakodesh. Neviim and Ksuvim also, if they're written properly with Kafrin Dioy, you're not allowed to touch it with your bare hand. Tosis says that. What about Megillah Esther? Should that have the status of the rest of the Kisvei Hakodesh? You're not allowed to touch it with your bare hand. Shari Tshuva says, Ein is Haram Klau Milika Chamegillah Below Mitpachas. We're not careful about this. Why not? 
It's a newspaper. It's a letter. You can touch it with your hands. You know, you're not careful in the way that you touch it. It's not like a book that you have to cherish in, in that same fashion. So you can touch it with your with your bare hand. It's not a, it's not a bizarre. The Magen Avram disagrees. Shari Shuvah calls the Magen Avram Shadaito Sheyesh Lizar BeMegillah, and the guy some Sefer over here says Oisid Beis that he saw his Rebbe of Nasan Adler was careful not to touch his Megillah with his bare hand. He would only uh, you know he would, would uh, make sure to always use a mitpachas or do netios yadayim before what. Atzichayim helps. Atzichayim certainly helps. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, you can even hold it, right? Yeah. Oh, you could do Nitiyos Yadayim. We don't do that by Sefer Torah, but the Ramah says we do Nitiyos Yadayim first. Anyway, but again, this issue also seems to revolve around whether it's considered to be a Sefer Torah, whether it's considered to be an Igeris. What? That's why they were Goyz of Tumas Yadayim. So one of the reasons they were Goyz of Tumas Yadayim. That's the other reason the Gemara has. Yeah, one of the reasons also is because it's uh, bizarre at the same time. Yeah. Same Gemara, same Gemara. We'll get but to the, one second. Then if you can't touch it, then you can't make the uh, unfolding like any Yeah, that's what Ravaran said. How are you going to touch if you don't If you don't have Atzichayim, how are you not going to touch it? Well, you can hold it with a metpachas. Gloves. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. So anyway, even we started out that there's certain halakhas similar to Gerit, similar to uh, Sefer Torah. The Ritva suggested in the name of the Rambanach uh, a thesis, a chiddish, perhaps it only relates to the way that it's read, not the way that it is written. So you could sit and you, you, you could, you know, you could lay in a few words, and even if you miss a word according to the Riyaz, many halakhas might, in the way that it's read, might relate to, the, you know, we unfold it, might be because it's an it's Gerit. We're not medactic bekriyasa. However, we saw that even with regards to the way that it's written, there seemed to be be uh, you know, you know a, a struggle within the Rishonim whether or not it's compared to an Igaris, whether or not it's compared to a Sefer Torah. Where is this coming from? Well, why is there such a uh, uh, you know a, this uh, this kind of uh, this kind of uh, dual perspective we have in Megillah Esther? So I believe that it goes all the way back to the controversy that began uh, you know that uh, exists with regards to Megillah Esther, whether or not it's really part of Kisvei Hakodesh in the same way that the other Sfarim are part of Kisvei Hakodesh. The Gemara Mesechus Megillah over here on Zayin Aleph. Whether or not Koheles and Shira Shirma Matames Hayadayim. The Gemara says in Mesachla Shabbos, how we just mentioned, that they used to take the Truma, that they needed to be Tahar, and in order to make sure no one would touch it and make it Tame, they would put it in the Aran Kaidish with, with the Svarim. So they knew no children would get in there and whatever. However, the problem is that um, the rodents would, would go after the food, you know, because they smelled the food. They would go into the Aron Kodesh and eat the food. While they were eating the food, they would eat the Svarim too. And uh, by doing so, they would be Mechik the Shem Hashem. So in order to discourage people from putting the Chuma in the Aron Kodesh, they declared that the Svarim in the Aron Kodesh are, are, are Tame. And if you touch the Svarim in the Aron Kodesh, your hands will become Tame. You can no longer touch your Chuma. So it would be quite inconvenient to store the Chuma in the, in the Aron Kodesh. So they declared that the Sfarim are metame as hayadai, but it would only be those Sfarim that would have to be in the Aron Kodesh that have the status of Kisvei HaKodesh. So the mission of Mesechlis Yadayim has a big machlekes where Koheles and Shira Shirim metame sayadaim, are they not metame sayadaim? And furthermore, the Gemara has a machlekes over here in Mesechlis Megillah. It's interesting, it doesn't appear in the mission of Yadayim itself, but whether or not Megillah's Esther is metame sayadaim or Megillah's Esther is not metame sayadaim. Amar Bihuda Mashmuel, Esther ain't a metame sayadaim. It's not metame sayadaim. Do you think the Savar Shmuel asked the La Beruach Hakodesh Nemra? What does that mean? It's not said Beruach Hakodesh. Meaning, why did they pick these three Sfarim? Why is there a dispute about Esther, Shirashirim, and Kahelis? Why these three? Why not uh, Rus? Why, why these three? So I believe the answer is it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's quite compelling. These are the only three Sfarim in Tanakh where the Shem Havaya doesn't appear. There's no Shem Havaya in Kahelis. There's uh, the Shem Elokim. But in Shir Hashirim and Esther, there's no Shem Hashem at all. 
neither Hashem Havaya nor Hashem Elikim. So that's why there was a dispute. They don't, the whole reason, well, it could be, the whole reason they were metame sayadayim is because it was going to put the truma in there, aren't kaid, it's going to lead to mechikas Hashem. There's no shame in these farm anyway. So maybe we don't have to be as concerned with mechikas Hashem. But also, because it was lacking the shame havaya, so it was somewhat, uh, you know, more confusing, should they be included in kisvei kaidish uh, at all. We, of course, Paskin, Kohelas, and Shirashim are part of Kisvei HaKadosh, even though they don't have the Shem HaShem, and therefore they were Metami Seyadayim. But this goes, the Gemara brings this up with regards to Mikolas Esther, should have been part of Kisvei HaKadosh or not, uh, seeing as that it doesn't have the Shem Havaya there in the first place. So the Gemara says, even though it doesn't have the Shem Havaya there, we're certainly said Baruch HaKadosh, it should be included in Kisvei HaKadosh. So, Amar Shmuel, Es Baruch HaKadosh Nemro. So, the Gemara responds, Nemro Likrois, well, Nemro Likasev. It was meant to be read, it wasn't meant to be written. Which is just the opposite of what the Ritva said, right? The Ritva said, we have to be more careful in the way that we write it, we're more lenient in the way that we read it. We could read it like a letter, we could have to write it like a Sefer Torah. Here, the Gemara says, no, the focus was on the way that it was read. It was Nemro Likrois. It was not Nemro Likasev. So, it's not part of Kisvei HaKadosh, but you have a mitzvah to read it which is somewhat, uh, somewhat opposite of what the, the direction the Ritva led us in. Either way, it seems to be controversial whether or not uh, Megillus Esther, either in the way that it's read or the way that it's written, was really part of Kisvei HaKadosh. And the Malbim says that that's what's going on in Megillus Esther. What happens? Initially, we said it's described as a Sefer. Then it's described as an Igeris. Then it's an Igeris again. Then it's a Sefer, and then again a Sefer. What's going on? So Malbim says... When Esther and Mordechai wrote the Megillus Esther, they intended it to be part of Kisvei HaKadosh. The other Talmud HaKadosh of the generation did not agree. They didn't want it to be part of Kisvei HaKadosh. They said, you guys had a nice little story that happened to you. This is not part now of Tanakh that affects all of Klal Yisrael. You keep it to yourself. It's a nice little story. Write it down. Have a good time. As an Igeris. Then they ultimately relented and it became part of Kisvei HaKadosh. It became a Sefer. That's why it goes back and forth, vacillates between Sefer, Igeris, Sefer, Igeris, because Mordechai and Esther were lobbying it should be a Sefer. The other Talmud HaKadosh of the generation were arguing it should be an Igeris, and ultimately it ended up somewhere, uh, somewhere in the middle. Huh? She wanted it. In the end, they were Maskim. But the Malbim says they didn't want to make a part of Kisvei HaKadosh. You want to? They found the yes. from the Yeah, they found the yeah, yeah, yeah. She, they, she wanted to make a yontif. They didn't want to make a yontif either. Yeah, there was there was a whole back and forth. That's how the Malbim reads it into the psukim in the ninth parakim Gilsester. There was a machlekes how to interpret it. But either way, you see that even though they wanted it to be a safer and it is part of Kisvei Hakodesh, it has somewhat of a different status than the other form of the Kisvei Hakodesh. And perhaps it's because, and this really goes to the heart of what the whole machlekes was about. Perhaps it goes to the heart of uh, you know, what the Miguel's Esther is conveying and why the Shem Hashem is not there in the first place. It's read as an Igeris because it was kind of like a random story. You didn't see the Shem Hashem that was taking place. It didn't seem like miracles that we'd experienced in the past like you find in other Sifrei Kaddish. It seemed like the regular newspaper of the day. They were reading what, the, what was the, you know, the, the things that were the, what was taking place. It was regular oh, events. It was current events. And then... Later on, Mordechai and Esther saw, no, this was not just current events. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was gone in the entire process. So it's read as an Igeris, and that is maintained. We preserve that. 
Why? That's why the, the perhaps the ureus are not sewn together one to the other in the same number of stitches as the Sefer Torah. It's the, the events tying together is all loose. We don't really see how one thing led to another thing led to another thing. It's all, you know, we're just trying to connect the dots. So it's an Igeris. It's read like, you know, we would read current events, but at the same time we understand it's the Sefer Torah because it was a Kaddish Baruch Hu that was guiding the entire process. So we preserve both. It's both an Igeris and a Sefer Torah, not only in terms of the way that it's read, but in the way that it's written because uh, it has this uh, dichotomy to it. It has this dialectic that on the one hand, it's, uh, you know, it's just current events, but on the same, at the same time we understand that Kaddish Baruch Hu is the one who's guiding events. And perhaps uh, that's why Miguel Esther even has a unique status, uh, perhaps even above and beyond, that of a Sefer Torah. That's why the Rambam perhaps says, Lost Lavo, we're going to not have any of the other Sifrei Nach. Uh, we'll just have the Chamisha Chum Torah and Megillus Esther. Because Megillus Esther has a critical message you don't find in the other Sfarim Nevi'im Iksuvim. It's something that's relevant in every generation. It's not just the story of the Megillus Esther, which is just palace intrigue. It's teaching us a lesson that applies to every generation that throughout, the, you know, in interpreting current events, we have to understand that Kaddish Baruch Hu is somewhere there behind it. The Gemara says over here, Mesechus Megillah, that Megillus Esther requires the lines on the top of you know the um, the uh, the uh, the indentations that they make in order to make sure the cipher writes straight. So you need those uh, indentations, uh, um, the markings on the page with regards to Megillus Esther as well. Why do you need it? Kamita Shotera. So Rashi says, what does it mean like the truth of Torah? Kisefer Torah atzmai. Like the Sefer Torah itself. That also requires sirtut, right? In the Sefer Torah, you have those indentations in the cloth. The Ritva asks, why do I need this separate reason? Kamita shol Torah. Um, why do I need it that it's kamita shol Torah? It should have been obvious because it's like a Sefer Torah itself. It's considered, uh, right? It's like a... Uh, oh, I left out the last line of the Gemara. Shenemar. The last line of the Gemara is Shenemar because the Pasuk says... Oh, I left it out. That's my fault. The puzzle concludes because it's Divrei Shalom V'yemes. Where is it? Yeah. Mea Medina Malchus Achash Ve'rosh Divrei Shalom V'yemes. So it's based on that Pasuk, Emes Kamita Shaltaira. So the Ritva is, why do I need that additional reason? I should have just said it's because it's like a Sefer. It's considered a Sefer. Like a Sefer Torah needs Sirtut. So to Megillus Esther needs Sirtut. So he says, no, because we know, again, there's certain halachas compared to an Igeris, certain halachas compared to a Sefer Torah. We didn't know that this was one that was compared to a Sefer Torah. So fine, that's why we need this additional reason like we had that before, that it's because it says, Divrei Shalom V'yemes, Kamita Shal Torah is truth and peace. So it's uh, just like the truth of Torah needs the indentations in the law, you know, in the page, so too the Megillus Esther needs the indentations in the page. Taisus and Mesechlis Menachas disagrees. Not with regards to Miguel Sesser, with regards to Sefer Torah. Tyson says that you do not need the indentations in the page in a Sefer Torah. It's only in a mezuzah. That's what the Gemara says. Hilchas tefillin lo boi sirtut, mezuzah boi sirtut. Tefillin doesn't require sirtut, and mezuzah does require sirtut. What about a Sefer Torah? Tyson says also, Sefer Torah, no sirtut. It's a special lachlomach misinai, only by mezuzah. And we extrapolate from there to Miguel Sesser also. Mezuzah and Miguel Sesser, not a Sefer Torah. Torah says Araya, because the Gemara says, if you have a Sefer Torah that's getting uh, worn out, you can't just cut out the part that you use for a mezuzah and then take the Sefer Torah and make it into a mezuzah. Why not? Because uh, you need Sirtut in a mezuzah, you don't have Sirtut in a Sefer Torah. That's why the Gemara says, you can't take a Sefer Torah Shabala and make it a mezuzah, you don't have Sirtut. So you see, you see from here, the Sefer Torah doesn't require Sirtut, so that's Torah's uh, proof. Sefer Torah doesn't require Sirtut. But then Torah um, 
then Taisvis uh, asks, well, then what does the Gemara mean? The Megillus Esther requires Sirtut Ka'amita Shaltaira. Because the Megillus Esther is Divrei Shalom Yemes, words of peace and truth. So just like, you know, uh, you know uh, Megillus should require, it's described as truth, it should require Sirtut Ka'amita Shaltaira. What does Amita Shaltaira mean? Like the truth of Torah. So Taisvis says, no, it is like a mezuzah. Meaning this is like, the highlights, like what's Kabbalah's oh Malchus Shemaim of the Sefer Torah, not even the entire Sefer Torah, it's the mezuzah. You can't move without that. We have it on every doorpost. It's like an Iker Yesod in Emunah of Kabbalah's oh Malchus Shemaim is the mezuzah. You got to have it. Amita Shotera has to have uh, Sirtut. It has to be underlined or overlined. The lines are really on top, not below. But it has to be emphasized. So to Megillus Esther is Kamita Shotera. It's like a mezuzah. It's like an Iker in Emunah. Even more than the rest of the Sefer Torah itself is um, is the Megillah Esther. And even within, that, which really makes the significance of Megillah Esther pronounced, but even within Rashi, uh, that Sefer Torah requires uh, Sirtut and Megillah Esther is just like a Sefer Torah, the Rambam who agrees with Rashi draws a distinction between them. Look back at the Rambam, Perik Beis of Hilchus Megillah Lachates, oh, you see it over here. The Rambam has a fascinating uh, language where the Rambam says, you have to write the Megillah with Yoy and Klav, like a Sefer Torah. It requires Sirtut like Torah itself. What? Again, you need Yoy and Klav like a Sefer Torah. And it needs Sirtut Ketorah Atzma. What's the difference between Sefer Torah and Ketorah Atzma? So Briskarov has a piece in the Sefer where he explains that no, there are certain halachas that correspond, that follow, that are a result, a function of Hilchus Kedusha Sefer Torah, Klaf, Dioy. And we discussed, that's controversial when it comes to Miguel Sestas. Some yes, some no. Klaf and Dioy, yes. Other things, no. Sirtut, says the Briskarov, is not a function of either writing the Sefer Torah or reading the Sefer Torah. It is an endorsement of the content of a Sefer Torah. So when you read it, you know it's like, it's true. This is MS. This is the, you know, truth. But it's only when you read it as like an endorsement. That's what the Sirtut is there to teach you. This is straight. This is Goliath. This is truth. This is MS. That's why the Briskarov says, look back at the Rambam, the Rambam says, Tefillin doesn't require Sirtut. Why doesn't Tefillin require Sirtut? So Rambam says, You don't read a Sefer Torah, you know, a Tefillin. You might take out and read a Sefer Torah. You read, Tefillin is wound up and left in the bottom. You're never supposed to open the bottom. It was, uh, it was supposed to be left there. So you're never going to read it. You don't require the Sirtut. It's like an endorsement that what you're reading is correct, so they didn't require Sirtut. This is Sefer Torah. Mezuzah required Sirtut. It's kind of like an endorsement that this is true. So neither has to do with the writing of the Sefer Torah nor the reading of the Sefer Torah. It has to do with an endorsement of the content of the Sefer Torah. So that's why the Ramam distinguished between the two. Megillus Esther requires the details of how it's written. But then it also requires Sirtut Atzma. The content is the equivalent of the content of the Torah. It's on that level, even more than the Via Muxuvin. Not only, like Tyson said, it's Kamita Shotar, it's like, the, you know, this is the highlights, this is like, you know, the, the, the Iker, it's like Kabbalah's Ol Malchus Shemaim, it's the most important part of the Sefer Torah. But even, uh, even without that, even if you don't go, don't go that far, the Briskarov says, well, its content is equivalent to that of the Sefer Torah, above and beyond that of the rest of Nebiyam and Ksuvim. And he brings a riot to this in the Talmud Yushalmi. Talmud Yushalmi says, just like we can learn halachas out of psukim in the Torah, we can learn halachas out of the psukim of Megillus Esther, even more than Nevi'im and Ksuvim. So you see, Megillus Esther has an elevated status above that of the other Nevi'im and Ksuvim. The Ramam says it's going to be the only thing that will last, whilst the level all the others from Nevi'im and Ksuvim will be lost. And this perhaps precisely because Miguel Sessa was controversial. It was controversial whether or not to include Nadim and Sufim in the first place. Why not? Because it seemed like current events. It seemed like regular <laughs> things that were going on. 
Uh, but at the same time, we understand it was included because the Kaddish Baruch Hu was guiding the events. And that has an eternal message. It's not just this palace intrigue at the time of Mordechai and Esther. Of course, there's a message that's, uh, that's, you know, you know, that's eternal in every generation. Um, and that is that, of course, as we you know, go about interpreting events that occur in our own lives, we should understand that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is there, even though we don't see him uh, you know, overtly. A Kaddish Baruch Hu is there, of course, uh, guiding the process. And that is the main message of Miguel Esther. It's like a newspaper, but it's also like a Sefer Torah. The content is even above that of the other Nevi'im and Suvim, because it's to teach us that, uh, that uh, Kaddish Baruch Hu is guiding our lives and the lives of the Jewish people in the same way that he was by Yom and Mahayim, Basman Azeth.